Hello and welcome to episode 118 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? Uh, I'm doing okay, Mark. Uh, you know, not the best weekend in Houston, but the Jays take one out of three, so I'm feeling okay. And obviously, we all know the elephant in the room that we'll address in a bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, they split that series in Oakland, which was, a, I, I think, by most accounts, a very good series. Because, of course, they lose the first two, but it's against a team with one of the best records in baseball. They're very hot right now. They split it. That's acceptable, but then they go to Houston couple problems with that series, which we'll talk about. It was very hard to watch at a lot of points, but how are you, Jacob? Yeah, I'll echo what you guys just said. You know, it was it was a rough week for the Blue Jays. You know, there I think they were three and four this week. So, I mean, it's not terrible, but there were a lot of things behind the scenes going on that's much of a cause for concern. So, this team is treading, but, you know, we'll see if, if that is at any point sustainable. Yeah, it's injuries, injuries, injuries. I think that's going to be the theme of today's pod. And, I mean, you look at the guys. I I don't know why. Every week I'm surprised by the guys that we're talking about being injured. And I shouldn't be at this point because we know, like, a week from today when we talk, or I guess we're changing our schedule a little bit for everyone listening. We'll be doing series-to-series podcasts. But next time we talk, I just know there's going to be two or three more guys on the injured list, two or three more guys that we're paying attention to in terms of injuries. But I'm still surprised every time we come back and somehow the Blue Jays add more and more people to that list. This week they add Joe Panic to the 10-day IL, David Phelps, Rafael Dolis, and George Springer going back on the injured list after coming back for a few games, having a couple amazing games, and then back on the injury list with a quad strain, probably going to be more than 10 days for him. Also, Alejandro Kirk being moved to the 60-day IL. He'll be eligible to return early July. So that's a bit of a blow, not so much of a big deal now that Danny Jansen is hitting. But I want to start off by asking you guys a question. For me, I'm trying to separate two things. I'm trying to separate my level of frustration with the Blue Jays and my level of concern with the Blue Jays. Because obviously, right now, I am incredibly frustrated. Like, it's it's beyond the ridiculous. It's like a cruel joke is being played on the Blue Jays by the baseball gods. They lead baseball in injured list assignments. They lead baseball in uh, transactions on the 26-man roster. They're top five, top six in games missed to the injured list. And it seems like every single day there's another thing happening. And it seems like a cruel joke. And obviously there's tons of frustrations among fans. I think we're catching up to it in the fact that, look, I, I think something is wrong with the training staff. I think something is wrong with the high performance department. I don't think, like at some point it stops being just bad luck. It stops being just bad luck. Yes, a lot of teams are injured right now. Yes, you look at, I don't know, the Padres, the Brewers, lots of teams have injuries right now. And I don't know, I'm sure people playing fantasy baseball know it seems like every other day someone's going day to day or on the 10 day IL. But at some point, something has to give. The Blue Jays are more injured than the average team. And I think there's a reason there somehow. I don't know why. I don't know if it actually is a training staff, but I'm very, very frustrated with this team right now. That's the frustration side of things. I'm trying to separate that from the concerns with the Blue Jays because I think it's important to separate those two things. While I am very frustrated, I'm not incredibly concerned about this team. It's hard to watch. It's frustrating to watch. But I think the injuries that they have don't set back their aim of 
making it to the postseason this year. I still think that's a very capable goal. It's very possible for this team to do. You know, they're above 500 right now, one game above. It's, you know, heading into the second week of May, but I still think it's very possible for this team to heat up. They get players healthy. They should be able to do what they want to do, which is make it to the postseason. So, yes, I'm very frustrated, but I'm not too concerned. Where do you guys stand on those two issues? Where's your level of frustration with this team? And then where's your level of concern with the injuries we've seen? Well, see, I, I don't think we can necessarily be overly concerned with the team uh, in terms of how they've been performing, because as you said, they're over 500 and they split a series with one of the best teams in baseball. I'll still say the Astros are a good team and they did lose to them. They, you know, there were some issues there, but they, they got beat by the Astros. And I think what we need to look at is the fact that this team is just, it's getting by with what it has available to them. Now, in terms of the injuries, I am extremely concerned, and Mark, you pointed it out. I've seen quite a few people on Instagram, on Twitter, even on Facebook. There's a few groups that I, I keep getting uh, advertisements for, and everybody is starting to say, you know, hey, what's up with the, the trainers? How does everybody, or at least, you know, most of the bullpen, how does somebody seem to get injured every single day? And I'll read right here, since the start of May, the Blue Jays have lost five of their relievers. They lost Tommy Malone. He's now on the 10-day IL. Julian Merriweather was transferred to the 60-day IL. George Springer, as we you mentioned, is on the 10-day IL again. David Phelps is on the 10-day IL. Joe Panics on the 10-day IL. Kirk was unfortunately moved to the 60-day. Anthony Castro and Rafael Delis all on the 10-day IL. And this, I, I don't really, I don't think the Blue Jays would go out and say that you know this is you know our trainers have not been doing their job. Obviously, I think that would stay with in-house, but. As a fan, you know, how do you not get frustrated? You're seeing this team that's supposed to be so good. And, you know, I'll go back to what I said in January. They're, I want them to be on the World Series this year. And I just, they can't be in the World Series. I don't even think that they're going to be overly, you know, I mean, I like the team and I want them to do well, but I don't know how well they can be when so many of their key guys are injured. And I think we have to take that into consideration, which is why, like we both said, we're not overly frustrated with the players on the field because realistically, the guys that are on the field you know they're they're missing so many of the, of the guys that should be on the field. So I'm more concerned of you know trying to find an underlying cause for all these injuries because as we've said it, it seems everybody keeps to or people keep see that people keep going on the injured list every other day and it's just it it's ridiculously concerning and I don't know how sustainable it is. You know we talk about how the starting rotation is not taking enough in innings and then the, the bullpen's having to take more innings and you know now the bullpen is obviously it's severely depleted thankfully they're getting you know starting pitching back which I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit and the concerns we have there but this team is it's frustrating me to see how many guys keep going down because I know this team is going to be really good and the offense has you know it's been shaky at times but it's overall been good enough to give the team a chance and the team's had chances to win, I think, every game that they've been in, or at least most of them. But there's just been way too many things plaguing them to the point where it's it's almost as if there's one of those uh, weighted balls just on the plane or somewhere holding the team back, you know, saying, we're supposed to be, you know, three, four, five games over 500, but there's that thing that's just holding us back. And I, th that is, I think, just the worst thing is this team has the potential to be so good, yet there's just so many aspects of them that are just not working. And it, th there's so many guys that are unavailable for them right now. Uh, it's tough for me to say anything. I mean, you guys have summed it up. It's just, yeah, like at this point, like 
I'm getting beyond, like, of course I'm frustrated, but I'm getting to the point now, I'm just, like, I find it funny. Like, I just, every player that touches the mound, no matter where it is, Houston, like, it doesn't matter where they are, somebody's coming out, if it's every game or every other game, someone's coming out with an injury. And it's insane. I mean, Jacob, you listed the entire injury list. And of course, ever since we recorded, George Springer's been back there. And I think I kind of jinxed things because I remember talking about Kirk and saying how it was going to be short term and everything. He's been on the six, he's been transferred to the 60 day IL and Reese McGuire has already been recalled to the team. So it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. David Phelps getting hurt in warmup, Rafael Dolis, like this bullpen is severely depleted. And the concern for me remains the same is that this bullpen right now, due to the workload and all these arms they're going through and the fact that these guys are going down with injuries, I'm concerned whenever or how much longer this thing can hold because the starting pitching hasn't relatively been great over or hasn't been great over the past seven days. They're just, the the pitchers aren't going deep into games. And right now that's something that they need and it's something that can still be done. But over the course of the last seven days, first of all, the Jays were still or now, or at least for the time being, are back to a five-man rotation. For the longest time, for the past two weeks, they've been down to two men, three men, four men, and now they finally have five people penciled in. Obviously, it's subject to change, maybe, but either way, that's, I guess, somewhat appealing, but now we need them to go deep into games because, you know, just looking at this bullpen alone, you know, Rafael Dolis, who just went on the 10-day injured list, he's already appeared in 15 games. Uh, Tim Mays, a 13. Ryan Barucki, 13. A lot of these guys are over 10 games already. And the Jays are, what, 17 and 16? I believe that's what they are. Currently fourth in the AL East, four games back. So realistically, from the standings-wise, they're obviously still in it. Obviously a little early to judge off that, but at least they're still in it. And of course, I mean, right now when you look at it, the hitting's starting to get better. And right now, I think it's it's the hitting, or sorry, not the hitting, the injuries that are holding them back. And I think that sums it up perfectly. What's going on behind the scenes with nutrition, with the training staff, I don't know. Mark, I know you think something's wrong. I guess something's got to be done to change things. Obviously, the the rate that they're going at right now, the entire bullpen's going to get injured. Like, it, it's insane. And each week, we, ca- we keep talking about, okay, there's no way this maintains. There's no way. Hopefully, next week, more guys are coming back. And we're either in the same boat or we are at a worse spot. So, for now, the Jays, I guess, have some... Depth, they're still testing the depth. A lot of the depth in the bullpen still being tested. AJ Cole was just added to the bullpen. And I believe they revealed it a couple days ago that he actually had a clause coming up in his contract. If he wasn't added to the bullpen, he would have he would have elected free agency or something like that. So he would have been coming up regardless. But that's a fresh arm, I guess. He was good for the Jays last year. You just hope that he's not overworked now. Anthony Kay has recently recently moved to the bullpen with the return of Nate Pearson for the time being. So and then, of course, everybody else pretty much remains the same, minus Delise, Phelps, which were pretty two pretty big uh, parts of this bullpen. But yeah, it's just over the past week, they split a series in Oakland, winning the final two games out of four. I think that was somewhat uh, good heading into the series against Houston. I would have rather that rather than lose or winning the first two and losing the final two. So it felt like it was a bit of uh, a good momentum uh, shifter and heading into Houston. And of course, just on paper too, it, I didn't have the best feeling about this series, but Taking one out of three uh, was fine with me, but unfortunately, it's just that that Sunday game yesterday as well. Uh, I thought they definitely had a chance to win that, but just from the get-go, and we're going to talk about it in a bit, obviously, with Nate Pearson, but it was just a frustrating weekend overall. And then the fact that you're adding injuries to this, it just makes it even worse. This is, this team has lots of time, of course, and I'm sure they will figure things out. I mean, I don't know how much longer we're going to keep saying this, and then unfortunately nothing's happening. If anything, it's getting worse. So I don't know. I, don't, I have no more words to describe the injuries at this point. I, it's just it's a next man, man up mentality, and um, 
if I'm Charlie Montoyo, Pete Walker, even Ross Atkins, all the transactions that this team is doing, it's definitely a head scratcher. It's definitely not a position I'd want to be in. Um, you know, it's all the adjustments they have to make, all the planning, all of the, I guess, everyone holding their breath now to hopefully nobody else goes down. It's just, it's a lot of movement right now in terms of their strategic process, transactions, like I mentioned, they're probably up there in terms of top three, in terms of overall transactions. They definitely are. Yeah, it's not at, even a question. They've got eight. Going into yesterday's game, this was before the Nate Pearson move, but they were at 82 transactions, which was first in baseball, and that's about two a day. So. And it's it's May 10th. It's it's May yeah. 10th. So there I mean that I think that sums it up perfectly. It's just overall, it's just especially too with the hitting. Like the hitting's gotten better. Like I've lots of guys are starting to hit. Danny Jansen, first of all, three home runs, four RBIs in the last seven days. Somebody who has taken advantage of the absence of Alejandro Kirk and is getting to play more. You know, just an hour mentioned to him and of course other people like Marcus Semyon, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, uh Randall Gritchick. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., all these guys are starting to piece or gel together and all starting to hit at the same time. We discussed this last week as well. They're starting to figure things out. And now the injuries are slowing this team down, I think. You know, overall, the pitching, you know, it, it, there's so much, there's only so much you can say if with the amount of injuries they have. So that's what's frustrating me is that the fact that it's now injuries that are slowing this team down. But I don't know. I, I mean, we the three-game series, today's an off day, thank God, for the bullpen to, I guess, rest. I think they have another off day after the Atlanta game, or maybe not. But either way, they have one today on uh, Monday. And uh, you just hope that nothing else happens in Atlanta. But unfortunately, none of us know the answer to that. Or at least we, we kind of do. We just are afraid of it. Yeah, it just seems like like even with offensive production ramping up a little bit, like you got Marcus Simeon starting to hit. You got Danny Jansen coming out and hitting home runs in three consecutive games. Like, people are starting to hit, but it just seems like with every additional player heating up on the offensive side of things, you have an additional player going on the injured list. It's like you just can't get ahead if you're the Blue Jays, and I think that's why they're stuck at 500. And you look at the amount of pressure that's been put on the bullpen. I know we've been talking about this week in and week out, and it hasn't bit the Blue Jays really at all yet. Kind of bit them yesterday. I think the bullpen gave up three runs or four runs in relief. But it's going to catch up eventually. This is a 162-game season. It's a six-month slog. And eventually it's going to catch up for the Blue Jays if they're putting this amount of stress on the bullpen for this amount of time. And, I mean, even A.J. Cole coming up, his first appearance in relief, he goes two innings. Like, that's something that can't be done every day. You have to have the rotation pitch more than the bullpen. And so far for the Blue Jays, the only team in baseball, that pretty much hasn't been the case. So something's got to give. And we were hoping that Nate Pearson coming off the injured list that would help supplement the rotation a little bit. Ross Stripling coming back a couple weeks ago. We were hoping these moves would help improve the rotation. Yesterday against the Astros in the series finale didn't work out that way. Nate Pearson only pitching 2.1 innings. He walked five batters, really seemed to have no idea where the ball was going. Um, Maurice McGuire behind the plate, he was just setting up right in the heart of the plate, saying, throw it here, your fastball, we need to find location with your fastball, and then we can work on the off-speed pitches. He never found the location with his fastball. Um, he lost one ball, I think it was an off-speed pitch, but almost hit someone in the head with it. It was pretty ugly. Yesterday, it was pretty hard to watch and brutal to watch for Blue Jay fans. 
not what people were hoping for. People thought Pearson would be that light at the end of the tunnel. I personally thought he was going to help this team a lot, but he he just hasn't. Yeah, Pearson, it was extremely concerning. Now, the one thing I will say, his fastball command was awful. It was Reese McGuire. I, I wanted to say the one criticism I have, and it's just kind of maybe what I personally would have done differently, is I would have maybe uh, gone up to the mound, have a few mound visits, but the team is only limited or is limited. So there's only so much you can do, uh, but it, good on him. He did the best he could do. Uh, I think the problem with Pearson was that it was his fastball, his breaking pitches. As you said, I thought they were good. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Problem is, is they weren't, he wasn't, or Pearson wasn't able to throw them <clears throat> in the right situations because if your fastball, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> if your fastball command is not there, there's only so much that a breaking ball can do because if you're not going to swing at a fastball that's you know out of the zone, what's the point of swinging at a breaking ball? And I looked at Nate Pearson's line in the outing he had yesterday, 64 pitches, only 28 strikes. So 44% of his pitches were strikes, and that's not very good. And especially considering he struck out, what, eight with Buffalo? You know, I, I thought we all expected a lot better command, and with him it just it was not there. And his fastball is his bread and butter. You know, he's going to be a starter that relies on blowing the ball past guys. And he just, he was not able to do that. Bullpen had to take out a lot of innings. You know, you see Anthony K come in. I think he threw over two innings. You know, it's just the the starting rotation. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. It needs, now that the pieces are here, it needs to throw quality innings and just a quantity of innings. And we just, we did not see that with Pearson. I do think he'll rebound. I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's the top 10 prospect in all of baseball for a reason, but this was, you know, it was not what the Blue Jays wanted. At least they have an off day. There's a bit of a, a bit of a break for the bullpen there, but the starting rotation, it's going to need to rebound and it's going to need to be a lot better towards the end of it. The first three guys I think are good. Steven Matz has been a little rough the last couple games, but he's, he looked better in the Houston series, but I'm just, the bullpen cannot recover and it cannot bail out bad starting pitching. And that's, I think the biggest concern, especially Considering now we have guys back, they need to, like I said, throw quality innings, but also quantity of innings because there's just, there's only so many innings that a bullpen can cover before eventually it burns out. Yeah, on Pearson's fastball and command, like when he's missing, when he's getting behind in counts, the Astros hitters could just sit on the fastball because they know, like he threw at one point, I think his first inning, he only threw like one or two off-speed pitches because he couldn't locate the fastball. He had to go back to it and locate it. So when you get behind in counts, you're not throwing off-speed pitches. You're relying on the fastball. The Astro hitters could wait for the fastball even when it was in the zone. They knew it was coming so they could hit it. So, yeah, there even were a lot of problems cans. with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't have to know the signs to know that he was throwing fastballs. So a lot of problems with his command. But, yeah, I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, like, and even going back to what we discussed last week, I think, I don't know what the plan was. Let's say Rafael Delis or David Phelps stay healthy. Would Nate Pearson be up by now? I don't know, because I think there's a chance that he could have at least started one or two more times in Buffalo or with Trenton. But either way, I think, well, for me too, I think I said one or two starts and he'd be back. So I don't know if it was maybe rushed, but either way, uh, Nate Pearson was eventually coming back to this rotation. And yeah, it just... It didn't go as planned. You guys were mentioning the command issues he had, and um, even going back to yesterday, I know it's a small sample size, but his walk percentage was 31%, and th those are over the course of uh, 2.1 innings like you mentioned. And even yesterday, in terms of a percentage of, I guess, balls in play that were considered weak contact, that was at 0%. So everything that he gave up in terms of hits 
or even balls in play were medium contact or hard contact. So just to show the ineffectiveness of yesterday as a whole, I think it probably went as bad as, or I don't think it could have gone any worse. I don't think it could have. I mean, obviously he could have given up more runs, but either way, it just was not um, a good debut for him either. And even over the course of the last week with this rotation, I know Hedgen Ryu is getting back now. He wasn't even that sharp in Oakland. Uh, I know he was just getting back, but I think near the end of his start, I think he kind of settled in a bit. But I'm obviously, we're not too concerned with Ryu. I think it was more of him just coming off the IL. And then, of course, Robbie Ray, I guess, remains the, the pitcher that has been maintaining good performances. And he's going to be one of the starters uh, in this upcoming three-game set with Atlanta. And then Ross Stripling as well. Uh, he continues to struggle. I don't know what you guys think about that one. I know we discussed earlier about how he's been throwing well, but I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that. It just nothing seems to be going his way as well with Steven Matz. He had a little bit of a unlucky start as well in Houston. I thought he looked a little bit better, but near the end of his start, I think things began to unravel just a bit. But he was definitely better uh, than what we saw in Oakland or even the start beforehand. But this rotation as a whole, definitely, we, we discussed this with the injuries just now. It All of these guys need to start pitching better, and they need to start going deeper into games. And that includes Nate Pearson not walking five people in 2.1 innings. That's got to stop. Nate Pearson, I think, will be fine. Obviously, he he's going to get better from this. And for people saying he shouldn't be starting anymore, that's that's a joke. Because he will be starting at least two or three more times, I think. like he, He's definitely earned himself another few starts. And he was one of these guys that was penciled in going back to February as a starter on this team. So he is here to stay, I think, barring any more injuries. But he is one of these guys that will be staying. And now the concern is, well, step one, the rotation is somewhat healthy. Back to five men. Step two is now pitching more effectively and deeper into ball games for this team. And we got, we got to see that from all of them. Robbie Ray is the only one in Hunjin Ryu that have been pr- proving that so far. With Steven Matz, I guess early on he did as well. But for the other three guys in Matz, Stripling, and Pearson... They got to get better, and there's no other uh, debate for that. Do you guys think that Ross Stripling stays in the rotation? Because this is something that I thought about. He initially was not actually meant to be in the starting rotation. He only came in because of injuries. So he this season, he's pitched 16 and a third innings, as you said, Bryce, and he's not been good. A 661 ERA. Now with four of the five uh, people that the Blue Jays had in the rotation or plan to have in the rotation, I almost think... Maybe they're just going to go to you know a four-man rotation and then a bullpen day every five days. They can throw, uh, the way I see it is you can kind of throw Stripling, uh, Anthony Kay, and maybe Trent Thornton in as your bulk inning opener type guys. Um, I'm not sure. Personally, I think I would prefer to have a five-man rotation, but I don't know if you can have Ross Stripling in right now, just considering you know he has been struggling heavily. And the Blue Jays, you know, I don't know if they can really afford to you know, have, like I said, the five guys in the rotation, but guys that are not throwing, you know, the quantity and quality of innings that uh, they really need right now. Yeah, I, I don't think he stays in the rotation. I, like, think about how much of a bonus it would be for the Blue Jays to have him in the bullpen. Because, like, right now, I think one of their key problems with the bullpen is that they don't really have long guys. They don't have guys who are built to go two, three, four innings, which is strange because, Coming out of the bullpen, they do have guys like Anthony Kay. They do have some guys who have in the past been more starters, like Tommy Malone, of course, before he got injured. But right now, they just don't have someone to fill that role. I think if you send Ross Stripling to the bullpen, he can fill that role perfectly. He can eat two, three, four innings when the Blue Jays need it, especially because he's stretched out right now. Um, it would help the Blue Jays a lot to get him out of the rotation. It's just a matter of do they have anyone to fill a spot in the rotation and. That's the problem. Um, I do disagree with the assertion that 
he hasn't been good in the rotation. Like, his numbers aren't great. I mean, he gave up three runs in his last start over 3.2 innings, two runs in a 4.1 inning start um, on May 2nd, which was his best start. He does have a 6.61 ERA, but I don't know what we expect out of Ross Stripling. Like, to me, he's not a starter. He shouldn't be a starter. He's not someone who's good enough to be a starter. And he's kind of been thrown into this role. Yes, he's been worked into it. He was stretched out in spring training. But he has largely been thrown into this role. If everything went as planned, he never would have been a starter for the Blue Jays. So to me, what he's doing in kind of a stopgap role, filling the void for the Blue Jays, it's acceptable. I don't know what more we expect of him. Going 3.2 innings, giving up three runs, I think that's good enough. I think the offense and the bullpen should be able to bail you out in that situation. Yeah, I understand the expectations for Stripling should be lower. And I, I agree. I think he's a better reliever. And even going back to someone, you know, his career ERA is below four, which is solid. It's a 388 ERA. And obviously, you know, either way, it, what he's done so far, it just, I don't know if it's been enough. But as much as he has been unlucky, though, at times, his uh, fielder's independent pitching is at 440. So that also proves that he's been a tad unlucky. And I think uh, that I think that's pretty obvious. But either way... Him staying long-term in the rotation, definitely uh, definitely out of the question. I, I completely agree with you guys. And even when you look at the long men right now in this bullpen, you have um, you have Anthony Kay, who just recently moved there. And then you have, um, who else do you have? You have one more guy. I believe it was Trent Thornton. That's who it was. And then even when you want to look at AAA Buffalo's rotation, the only guys right now I think that could be considered, like for the time being right now, would be TJ Zoik, who has already started a few times this year. And there's also someone like Jacob Wagesback. So depending on how they perform, I know there is a top prospect right now who dominated his first <laughs> outing, but I think it's a little too early. But I'm just saying, if this continues with injuries, we already discussed this, never say never. But right now, on the state on May 10th, TJ Zoic, Wagesback, those are two other guys I guess you can consider. Trent Thornton, of course. But yeah, it's just Ross Stripling, I think, I don't know how much, how much more he starts, but... He's definitely he's definitely better than what we've seen so far, and I think that's why fans are a bit frustrated. I'm not saying we're expecting him to go six scoreless or seven scoreless every outing, but definitely a tad better. And I know he's been unlucky, but either way, it's just been I guess a little disappointing from him. But obviously, we do have to remember that he wasn't supposed to be penciled in in this rotation, like Jacob you mentioned. He wasn't. So him and the long men in the bullpen would definitely be good. And I've always liked Ross Stripling better as a reliever anyway, even going back to his days with the Dodgers, because we've seen a lot of him because of this, the, the uh, success the Dodgers have had in terms of the playoffs and everything. So a lot, you know, everyone's familiar with who Ross Stripling is. And even last year, when he came out of the bullpen with the Jays after they acquired him, I just, it, he, it seems that he's more comfortable coming out of the bullpen for sure. But there's so many other, or not so many, but there's definitely a few other options the Jays can revert to. But of course, either way, all these guys need to step up a little bit more. And if, I'm sure... Uh, Stripling will definitely be a tad better. I mean, he has to uh, based on the current circumstances of this team. Yeah, I think that's why I'm... When I said his, when I said Ross Stripling's numbers, that is, I wasn't too concerned about it because, you know, as we've just mentioned, he wasn't supposed to be a starter. You know, he was supposed to be a reliever. And I think that's where he is planned to be. And he's, he's under team control this season and next season. So Blue Jays can, you know, they can take him into consideration at least for next year as well. So... With Stripling, that's why I was kind of kind of looking through this question and seeing, you know, what's the best option for the Blue Jays? Because four of the guys that they were expecting to be in the rotation are now here. The guy that was not uh, intending to be in the rotation, you know, what do they do with him? I, you know, I said I want them to have a stereotypical five-man rotation, but 
I don't know if that fifth starter is Ross Stripling. You know, it has to be a righty in my opinion. I don't know if they can go with four lefties, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm too, too concerned with Ross Stripling, just considering the context and how he wasn't actually supposed to be a starter. He's a good bullpen guy. And as we said, you know, he can, you want two, three innings out of him. That's a lot better than saying, you know, Tim Mesa throw two innings. You know, he's not a two inning guy. You know, none of the, none of these guys that they've had doing that are supposed to be doing that. They're supposed to be late inning or, or at least maybe one inning, one and a third, one and two thirds max inning guys. And Stripling could help that. I think that's the the key with the Nate Pearson coming back news is even though he wasn't very good in his first start, there's a lot of ramifications here where now you don't have to cover three of the five days that are three of the five games that you're playing with a starting pitcher injured. You take your bullpen, put him in, in there. So now they have at least more options. It's unfortunate that they're still losing options, but at least now they have a guy that can start and you know, that's three, four innings that you now don't have to cover. So at least with Stripling, the Blue Jays now have the option to be a little bit more flexible. And when their guys come back, you know, hopefully we see guys like Julian Merriweather. Hope we're expecting to see Dolis and, and Phelps and all them back at some point throughout the season. I think the bullpen will be lethal once they finally, and I say finally very cautiously, finally get all these guys back. Because it, it can be good. And I, I don't think that we've, we're have we very concerned about the, the potential of the bullpen. We're just concerned about who's actually in the bullpen and... and the amount of players that keep leaving because of injuries. That's, I think, what's really holding them back right now. Well, what's been like remarkable is that they have been pretty lethal, even despite mm-hmm. these injuries. They're one of the best bullpens in baseball, which is bonkers. Like I, I don't know how the Blue Jays are doing it with all these injuries, with just the incredible amount of work that they've been put up to by Charlie Montoyo, by the starting rotation. Somehow they've weathered the storm and so far they're doing well. I think we're going to see that fall apart eventually, but you know, so far so good. So it's remarkable that they've lasted this long. I do want to talk about the bullpen management because there've been some instances where people have been upset about bringing guys in where they shouldn't be brought in. Um, I know there's been issues with guys, you know, shaking off rust, like Jordan Romano, you had to put him in a few blowout situations so that he got some work in because he came back from the injury list. He was a bit rusty, a bit rough. Um, But you are seeing the Blue Jays put high leverage guys, guys who have been really good this season, like, I don't know, Ryan Barucki, into situations that aren't high leverage, that, that you shouldn't be using those guys in. In my opinion, you should be saving some of these guys for instances where the games are closer instead of using them up on games where, you know, there's a three, four, five run differential. So I've disagreed with some of the bullpen decisions so far, and I think it's cost the Blue Jays. You know, I'd much rather see them use a guy like Joel Payamps in a four-run game instead of Tim Meza or Ryan Brucky in a four-run game. It hasn't been the worst. You know, their Blue Jays are making do with what they have, but I have been frustrated a little bit with the decisions they've been making just because I know it's going to have ramifications down the line. I, yeah, I will agree with you on that. The only thing that I think we also need to remember is there is only so many guys that the Blue Jays have available. And a lot of the guys that they do have right now are those one inning high leverage type guys. And say you use Joel Payamps and he goes two, three innings, I would consider him unavailable for the next game at least. And I think that's where the Blue Jays are. In, in an ideal world, like you said, the, that's probably how the the bullpen will be managed. I don't think Charlie Montoyo is incapable of managing. I just think his hands are pretty much tied right now. He just there's 
pretty much I mean he has a lot of good options but those options are, are maybe good for other situations not what the Blue Jays are in right now they're playing not many close games you know a lot, a lot of the games in the are on the road trip so far have been you know 10 to 4 7 to 4 or that's sort of close but you know it's not a one or two run game so Charlie and his staff are I think are definitely they're just trying to work with what they got um in an ideal world you are able to better manage the bullpen just because the, the guys that are in the bullpen that are kind of equipped for the different situations are there but right now it's just it's it's running on empty right now I think that's the the biggest problem is the guys that are there they're good and they've had a good bullpen all season it's just there's only so many times that you, you know you can put pay amps in you know a three or four run game and then he's not available for the next one and even with Dolis, I wanted to touch on that a lot of people said why was Dolis pitching in a game that wasn't a safe situation and you got to remember that Dolis needs to get work in eventually. And we saw this a couple of years ago with previous closers where the Blue Jays were not winning, not in, in closing situations, and they either saw reduced workload or they were working in non-safe situations. And that I don't think that Dolis going in that game was a mistake. Obviously, you know, in hindsight, you can say, well, he got injured, but hindsight's twenty twenty. So there's only so much criticism we can, we can give there. But yeah, there's the... With, with the way the bullpen's been managed, there's... Uh, I think there's only so much that can be done right now until there's guys that come back. Unless you want to bring some guys up and, and like you said, with Waggis back, TJ Zoic, then you can, you know, you can you, you can better manage it and have guys that are more equipped for certain situations go into those situations. Yeah, I mean, with the bullpen, it's just, in terms of the management, I don't know. It's just, going back to what I said, I think it's just been an overall headache in terms of everything. And that's why I'm going to cut Charlie Montoyo some slack. I understand some of it has been a little bit questionable, but... You know, and Jacob, you were mentioning. I don't know. I don't think they've run out of gas yet, but I do think we're we're getting close. Like at this rate, I give it till the end of the month for sure. I just a lot of these guys are doing well. I mean, we they are. I mean, Ryan Barucki's been uh, doing fine. I know his ERA is a little bit inflated from one bad inning a couple weeks ago, but other guys like Tyler Chatwood, David Phelps at the time, unfortunately. He is no longer an option for the time being. But uh, other guys, Jordan Romano has been um, figuring it out. And a lot of these guys, either way, I don't know what it is. because I don't know the mindset they have. I don't know if they're kind of caught off guard in terms of starters not going deep into games. I'm not sure what they are thinking or planning. All I know is it must be a massive headache or a complete chaos in terms of what they have going on. So definitely some things I have highlighted that... Are, or have been, I guess, disappointing or not disappointing in terms, maybe just me being, why is this guy in and not that guy? But, you know, in terms of this, if this continues to go on, if the Jays ever slowly get healthy, I think I'm going to look into it a little bit more. But right now, uh, I'm at this point, I'm just praying that they can somewhat get healthy. And that's why I kind of can understand or feel bad for the management or I guess whatever the heck Charlie Montoyo and Pete Walker are trying to, or how they're trying to get by at this point. Yeah, definitely a nitpicking area for sure, given all the problems with the Blue Jays this week, but just something that I've picked up on and I know mm -hmm. a few people on Twitter and Instagram have also been upset with. Okay, we've talked about the pitching woes. I think now it's turn time to turn to Alec Manoa watch. Alec Manoa. We're going to be talking about him. I feel like every episode until he comes up to the majors, it's just inevitable. So I guess we're starting this new, I guess you can call it a segment, but Alec Manoa watch. So we'll be looking at his starts in AAA or wherever he ends up this season. 
and keeping track of how far away we think he is from the majors, what his ETA is, and of course that'll depend on how things are going on the majors as well, but let's look at his start this week in AAA for the Trenton Thunder slash Bison. He pitched six innings, only gave up two hits, both of them singles, no runs, no walks, and 12 strikeouts. That's the number that so many people latched onto. 12 strikeouts. It's pretty remarkable for a guy who has never pitched above low A to all of us and jump to triple A, strike out 12 in his triple A debut and catch a lot of eyes, catch a lot of attention and have people saying, when is this guy going to get to the majors? So the question to you, we talked about it last week. When is he going to get to the majors? I'm putting the date for me updated now that we've seen him at triple A. I'm going to put it at August 1st. August 1st is the date that I'm setting for Alec Manoa's Major League debut. As we return to this topic over episodes, we can adjust depending on his performance, depending on how things are going in the majors, but August 1st is where I'm setting it for me. First, what do you guys think for when he's going to come up and make his Major League debut? See, I'm going to give him a minimum of three more starts in the minors because like here okay when i say minimum i i expect more but i'm saying at least three more starts so maybe it's may the i think the 11th today so at the earliest mid-june i don't think that that's realistic i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna put it at i'm gonna put it at first of all i should mention i'm the one that said there's a zero percent chance and here (laughs) i am retracting that but i'm gonna say july 15th he comes up because, as I said, he needs more time to, to work things out. And, you know, we talk about Nate Pearson, you know, how maybe he should have gotten an extra start to really work things out. I don't think the Blue Jays want to rush Alec Manoa. I, I think they have him in their plans for the future. So I'm going to say they give him a minimum of three more starts, most likely four, something like that. But mid-July, we're going to see Alec Manoa come up. And I think he will be a key contributor, at least maybe as an opener, maybe as a starter. But he's going to be used in some relatively high leverage situations and I say that cautiously because I really don't want the Blue Jays to rush him this season but like I said a couple more months and he's up just to clarify the date we're setting just so we know for future use for future bragging rights are we setting the date that he makes his debut or the day the Blue Jays add him to the roster I say Adam because debut it it could depend yeah okay so the day the Blue Jays add him to the roster I say August 1st you say July 15th Bryson where are you at well, first of all, I just wanted to say overall, my the percentage, I gave a 30-35% chance last week that he's up this year. I'm going to raise it. I'm going to go at 40% now. I think each week it's going to slowly rise. But, I mean, July 15th was actually a date that I was going to circle. But since Jacob did it, I'm going to be <laughs> a little bit more creative and I will... All right, this is where it gets tough. I'm probably going to go in the middle between you two. I'm going to say July 20th. I think I think there is a chance. I mean, hold, but under the circumstance, which I can't predict, unfortunately, but I mean, I feel like it's more of a safer bet. If the injuries continue to be at this rate, I think it'll be way before. I, I think it could be early July, late June, but I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and expect that this team is going to heal more than they get injured, which is why I will say July 20th. So... I'm being optimistic. Right now, I think it's safer to say that he'd be up beforehand. But, I mean, if he's pitching like he did, I know it's one start and I know he'll get more. And I think, you know, in terms of minimum starts, I think I'm going to be a little bit, I'll try to be a little bit more precise. I think it's a minimum more of, 
I'd say seven to 10 starts. Like I give it a couple more months. I think, you know, I think it's a lot more than just a minimum of three, but either way he was very dominant. And if, I mean, if it continues like it did there, it's going to be very hard for them to keep him in the minor leagues. I mean, he's already skipped. We've already discussed the levels he skipped. So I think the Jays have kind of come to the conclusion that there's a chance that this happens. And when it does happen, or if it does happen in this year, there's no reason for them to hold him back. There's no there's no reason because they get the extra year of control. They pass the date or whatever the, it was in early April. We've already passed that date. So the only, I guess, other move would be adding him to the 40-man roster, which is a little bit easier than it sounds, which is fine in what I'm saying. There's not many hurdles left in terms of if he keeps performing like he is now, barring any injuries. I'll say July 20th, and I do think he'll be up this season now. Okay. So we've laid down the, uh, the mile markers. We'll see how it changes over time. But yeah, remarkable start in AAA. Five ground ball outs, two fly ball outs, and 12 strikeouts, 19 batters face total. Just insane. Uh, 19 batters and two fly balls. I think that's probably the most encouraging thing, just the fact that he's not going to give up home runs. I don't know what his home run statistics are in the past, but two fly balls for 19 batters face, that's I'm getting really excited now. I think all fans are getting really excited, but it should be a very exciting few weeks and months to keep track of what Manoa is doing in AAA. Is it too early for the uh, Simeon Wood Richardson watch? Okay. Or? Whoa, I think that's whoa, too early. He's whoa. in double A, yeah. so <laughs> no, I'm we'll yeah, give it I know. time. I'm going to see whoa. the uh, <laughs> I'm going to see the Fisher Cats on Wednesday because <laughs> I live in New Hampshire. So Fisher Cats on Wednesday. I was hoping it would be Simeon Woods Richardson starting. Unfortunately, it's Elvis Luciano, who we're all familiar with, 2019 Rule Five draft pick. But um, I was hoping it was Woods Richardson, but. Anyways. I want videos of you at the park. Oh, well, I want Austin Martin, so. too. Austin <laughs> yeah. Martin, hello. Yeah, that'll be yes. very fun. I hope so. He had an off day, I think, yesterday or today, so hopefully he's good to go for Wednesday. That and he's good. someone, maybe if we're doing more of a minor league look at how prospects are doing, he's someone who's also doing very well. He had a leadoff hit in his first professional at-bat for A, and then um, he's been doing fairly well since then. Don't know the exact stats, but he's someone also to keep track of in terms of development. I don't expect him to make the major league team this season, but I think he could get a call up to AAA maybe August or September and then debut next season. I don't know. Maybe that's a conversation for another day. But <laughs> I said that a couple weeks ago with Simeon being gone. I think he's he's coming up next season. All I want to say is I'm ha- I'm so happy the minor leagues are back. It, it's good for mm-hmm. us or good for their, them to actually start playing again as well. And it gives us the opportunity to do these segments rather than just reporting them at the alternate site playing against each other. This is meaningful games, legit games, legit stats. And um, yeah, I'm just pretty, it's pretty exciting. And I guess kind of like a sigh of relief that the minor leagues are officially back. So that's, I just wanted to mention that. So yeah. Hopefully Martin wears 55 though. So then, you know, all these people with the uh, Russ Martin jerseys don't have to buy, <laughs> to buy a new one. All right. Well, <laughs> we will leave it there. Um, we'll check back in on how Manoa does over the next few months, but should be fun to watch. Thank you to everyone who listened to or watched this episode again. I'm going to say this every week. You can watch this episode. It's on YouTube, Section 138. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Section138Pod. We do live streams. You can stay up to date with our episodes and get some highlights there. 
You can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing. And then lastly, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash section138pod. Get exclusive access to our Discord, to choosing music for the podcast. Tons of exciting benefits there. All right. Thank you to everyone who listens, and we'll catch you next time.